Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're talking about A Study in Scarlet Women by Sherry Thomas. So this is the next one in our romance adjacent series of books. Yeah, so these are books that we really, really like that are not a traditional romance novel. So they wouldn't be considered historical romance, really anything in the romance genre. But we think that the romantic plot line is very central to the story. Exactly. So this book is by Sherry Thomas, and she actually started her career as a romance novelist. I'm going to be honest, I actually haven't read any of her traditional romance novels. Me neither. We'll have to rectify that. Definitely have to read it because this book in this series is amazing, guys. We're really loving it. So we talked about in our Romance Adjacent series how we're going to be talking about try to do it about monthly. The reason we're doing Study in Scarlet Women this month is that in November, the the newest edition or the, the newest um, addition to the series is going to be published. So that means the, the next book coming up is the fourth book in the series. It's right. The Art of Theft. The Art of Theft. Um, and so we're going to be doing a Study in Scarlet Women this month. Um, and then the next two in uh, August and September, and then, or September and October, sorry, this one is August, September and October, and then we'll be doing the new release the second it comes out in November. Yeah, so we're, I mean, we're just really looking forward to this book. Can I tell you that, I mean, we just love this series, like, we really love it. It's perfect. So the premise in general is it's a gender-swapped Sherlock Holmes. Right. However... There is enough deviation mm-hmm. from Sherlock's canon that certain things throughout the whole series as a whole have surprised me because they defied my expectation based on my knowledge of yes. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, and I, I will say that Lane and I both like Sherlock Holmes in general. Like, we both have read um, the original stories, and so I think that that really adds to our enjoyment. Absolutely. I think Sherry Thomas is clearly a fan of Sherlock Holmes, too. Yeah. And that the fact that it is such an homage in some ways, yeah. except... Very modern in terms of its mentality. It's, uh, you guys, it's just great. It's really great. So the book jacket on this one starts with, With her inquisitive mind, Charlotte Holmes has never felt comfortable with the demureness expected of the fairer sex in upper class society. But even she never thought that she would become a social pariah, an outcast fending for herself on the mean streets of London. When the city is struck by a trio of unexpected deaths and suspicion falls on her sister and her father, Charlotte is desperate to find the true culprits and clear the family name. She'll have help from friends new and old, a kind-hearted widow, a police inspector, and a man who has long loved her. But in the end, it will be up to Charlotte, under the assumed name Sherlock Holmes, to challenge society's expectations and match wits against an unseen mastermind. That is a perfect summary. This is this is a really good book jacket. This does a really, really good job, I think, of setting up what's actually going to happen. I, I read some other summaries. I don't know if... I, I'm pretty sure they were, like, official book jackets that focused on a lot of other things that happen in this book. Um, so this is not a spoiler because this happens in the first chapter, everybody. She decides to ruin herself and have sex with, with a man, with a married man, in fact, and this is the first chapter, is, is her deciding to do that. And the summaries I had read before kind of focused on this. Like, she was like, I want to find out what the big news is all about, so she ruins herself. But that's not... It at all. It at all. 
Um, so yeah. this is a mystery novel first and foremost, like all the other Sherlock Holmes books. And so we're probably going to be even more cautious than usual mm-hmm. when talking about this plot. Um, so we're really going to harp on the romantic aspect. Yeah. Though, especially in the first book, the romance is definitely a B or C plot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. It's, it's less of a driving force, but we feel like we have to talk about the earlier ones so that when we get to the third book, Hollow of Fear, the yeah. groundwork has been laid. Yeah. I mean, this is the definition of a slow burn. Like, this first novel, they have one kiss. That is it. You can make an argument for two, but pretty much one. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and it's a a slow burn for the entire novel. Like, by the time it happens, you are so ready for it. And so... The love interest of Lady Charlotte Holmes is uh, Lord Ashburton. Lord Lord Ingram. Lord Sorry, Ingram Ashburton. Lord Ingram Ashburton, who goes by Ash. Yes, he goes by Ash. He is the son of a duke. Also, can I tell you that Sherry Thomas, like A plus plus plus, she does her nobility courtesy titles right. I'll just say that. I'm very well researched. Yeah, but he is everything I want in a romantic hero. <laughs> right? He's like yes. He is. So right up my alley. I'm not going to speak for Meg here. She can... No, uh, no. let's be... Look, our last romance-adjacent featured novel was Shards of Honor. I would argue that they're very similar and that they're, like, very focused on, like, respect and honor and, like, would never disrespect Sure. Um, in this case, though, and both of them are more than meets the eye. Yes. So one of... Ingram's side hustles involves the government. Oh, of course. <laughs> and yeah. of course, he's only working for the greater good. Of course, of course. <sighs> but he's just, he's so noble. Yeah. And he, most importantly, loves her so much. Yeah. She's, she, and she's a little difficult as a character. She's extremely difficult. This is something I think Lena and I both really, really like about her, is that she is very difficult. So she's one of four sisters. Yes. So they've mixed it up a little. So we're not quite sure who Lord Ingram is. You can make the argument that he's Irene Adler, but he doesn't work for Moriarty. Yeah. But let's let's take a look. So um, his name is Ingram Ashburton. Irene, Irene Adler. Adler. Sure. So, I mean, definitely we've got the love interest there. Also have the fact that he... So in, in canon, Sherlock Holmes, Irene outsmarts Sherlock, and that's the reason she loves or he loves me, her and he loves her or at least that's what Watson says um, and in this book he, Ingram basically is the only man who can challenge Charlotte's intellect right more from knowing her so well yeah even though he doesn't feel like he does <sighs> but so he, so that's uh, that this is what I love about him as a romantic hero is that he understands her at like the most basic level you know I want to talk about the second book right now and I'm just stopping myself you can't I know so, um, but Mycroft Holmes, rather than being Charlotte's brother, is Ingram's brother, a character named Bancroft. Yeah, Bancroft. Although I would argue that one of Charlotte's sisters, Bernadine, also has some aspects of Mycroft. So I, I think Mycroft is an, uh, an amalgam of the two characters. So she has four sisters. Well, she's one of four sisters. She's one of four sisters. The oldest sister I don't think has really appeared in the books. No, she's, she's been married and married off, off on her own. And yeah. Bernadine is severely on the spectrum. Yeah. To the point that she's nonverbal. Right. And 
Charlotte is definitively on the spectrum, Mm -hmm. but in a way that makes her profoundly smart. Yes. Like, she's a genius in the way Sherlock is a genius. Right. And their other sister, Livia, Olivia, is not really written as on the spectrum. No. she's, She's neurotypical. But she suffers from social anxiety. And unlike their oldest sister, she is not interested in what society has in store for women in this era herself. So sort of the three home sisters who are still at home are all dissatisfied or unable to be interested in the traditional life of a Victorian woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, so this novel is the origin story. So this is Charlotte, so Lady Sherlock. So it's, the origin story of the this series, obviously, is the first book, and, and it shows you how Charlotte becomes Sherlock. So it's the the origin story of this consulting detective. But it's also, and this is what I really like, I, one of the things I really liked, is that it's also the origin story of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Right? Yes. Because... Or it seems like that's where it's going. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So... It's the origin not only of the the real, and when I say real, I mean, you know, the main character of this book, the real Sherlock Holmes consulting detective, but also the beginning of the fictional, the germ of the fictional idea of Sherlock who will be written and people will love reading about. And one of my weaknesses in this world is books about books. Mm -hmm. So I definitely fell hard for that. Yeah, so that was great. I really, really liked it. So one of the other characters who's kind of reimagined in this telling mm-hmm. is Inspector Lestrade becomes yeah. Inspector Treadles. Yes, yes. So this is this one is, I mean, it's um uh what's it called? Anagram. Yes. Right? So Treadles Lestrade is it, it is an anagram. But the reason he's so horrible in the in what we know of as canon Sherlock Holmes is because the person who writes about him just really doesn't like him in real life. So Treadles in the book is not inept. He's not a horrible, terrible, like, he's not the worst policeman ever, basically. He's, he's a pretty competent policeman. And I really liked his character a lot. And I, he, another thing I love about these books is how the characters progress yes. from one book to the next. So while Treadles is primarily seen at the crime scene working with Holmes and sort of conducting independent investigation, he also has a rich personal life and home life himself. Mm-hmm. And with Sherlock Holmes being not just a woman, but a fallen woman, yeah, he's forced to confront a lot of his societal impulses and right. why he values the things he values. And he's still very much working through them throughout the series. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's, this is something that's really nice. Is he is a very sympathetic character who has some very unsympathetic ideas. And characteristics. And characteristics. And you have to, as a, as a reader, especially a modern-day reader who's enjoying this gender-swapped Sherlock Holmes, you've got to deal with, with him. Right. Um, and I think she does just a really good job with him. I mean, you are inside his mind. You see his perspective. You feel a, like very, um, like I said, yeah, very sympathetic towards him. But then he does these things, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, come on, Treadles. What's, what's your deal? Yes. But... You want him to be better, which yeah. I think is the mark of a really well-written character. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's not evil. You, you, he ha- There's good in him to, <laughs> to go all Star Wars on you there. But, um, you know, and it, and it, he has to work on it, though. It's not going to be a snap judgment, step, snap change from one day to the next. Right. And then I think the last character that it's important to talk about is Watson. Yes. So there's, there's Watson. Of course, 
Not of course. But in this book, she is also gender swapped. So it's Mrs. John Watson. Um, her husband was a doctor who served in Afghanistan. So a lot of the, the characteristics are there. But she is his widow. Right. Yeah. I, we can't talk about her, like, at all. She's, I mean, she's too central to the plot, but completely amazing. She's great. She's really great. She might be my favorite addition because Watson in the original books feels a lot like a chronicler. Yeah. Who's working to earn Sherlock's respect, mm-hmm. even though you as the reader know Sherlock feels some affection for Watson. Right. I feel like Charlotte and Mrs. Watson are much more peers yeah. in a way, even though Charlotte's clearly exceptional. But the bond between the two women is part of what makes this book so compelling. Yeah, it's it's just it's just really, really great. Yeah. Um, and it's what I really like too is how so Charlotte, again, she is on the spectrum. Um, but she manages to create these relationships with people. Which, uh, which I, I think is a really great depiction as well. Because a lot of times, I mean, you read about, you read The Curious Incident with the Dog in the Nighttime, for example, where this is another character who's on the spectrum, but he doesn't have any close friends. He finds it really difficult to have even a, a familial relationship with his father. And you feel sympathetic, but you're also like, well, you know, what do you expect? He's on the spectrum. He, he won't be able to have these relationships. When this is not the case. Well, I also think it's, it brings up a lot of questions about like the place of women in society mm-hmm. that Charlotte didn't really have the option of being so eccentric she removed herself from it because yeah. she would then not have an income. Yeah. Like as a woman in society, she, the level to which Charlotte plays the game she is expected to play is seriously reduced from a typical mm-hmm. person in society, but she still has to play them yeah. and part of her genius is figuring that out and then doing it. How she can do that. Yeah. Whereas Sherlock Holmes in the original stories has no impetus really. To she integrate. doesn't need to. No. Whereas Charlotte has to and knows that mm-hmm. and does, even though it's sort of counter to her nature. Right. Which to me makes her even more exceptional. Yeah. I mean she's she has she has logically examined the situation and she has logically decided this is how I need to act so that I will not be ostracized. Right. You know? But it's all an act. She and she does genuinely care for people and she is yes. genuinely trying. Yes. But there is a degree to which it is calculated. Yes. Yes. And being in that mental process in her head is just, it's so well done. It's, it's really, it's great. So I would say that this, I mean, obviously we've, we've alluded to it, but one of the big themes of this book is, is just feminism in general. Um, I think it's almost like a stealth feminism. Like it's, you don't, she doesn't come out and say the treatment of women is bad. You know, this needs to improve. It's through the situations that the characters find themselves in that you realize, oh, wait a minute, like, this is really difficult situation for these women. And women run the gamut from the heroes to the villains mm-hmm. to everything in between in these books, and even the most villainous women, in the same way that Treadles comes off as a complicated good man with some very bad ideas, mm-hmm. even the most evil women in this book, you get an idea of what drove them to it. Yeah. Like, no one is one-dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's not a single one-dimensional person. You know, that, I think, maybe is... The mark of my favorite books is yeah. that even the villains, you get an idea for why they're villainous. They're not just evil. Right. You know? Something in about their circumstances or a situation made them think this was their best choice. Yeah, exactly. And it might have been a bad choice, but you know why they made it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, so 
we are not talking about offensiveness in this series, so in this feature, but we do want to let you know that there, we want to give you a little bit of a trigger warning, so there are allusions to sexual abuse in this book. And it's very wrapped up in the mystery, but it is, once again, not fetishized. Mm -hmm. It is definitely horrifying when it's revealed what's going on, and it is not really described in text the specifics of the yeah. assaults themselves yes so i'd say a very very mild trigger warning mm -hmm. but one and this ties into the theme theme of feminism sherlock holmes crimes were ultimately in the ones he solved were sort of sterile mm -hmm. like yeah it's bloody murders and you know strange happenings but the types of crimes and the things happening in passing in the, these novels end up feeling a lot more real and traumatic. Yeah. Not because they're more graphically described, but I think because the veneer of this is just a fun mystery is sort of wiped yeah. away. Yeah. Yes. They, these books, I don't want to say that they're not fun, because they, they are. Right. But the fun is not in unraveling the mystery, in my opinion, but it's in seeing how the characters interact to do that. Right. The, the relationships that are formed and the way that they go about making decisions together yeah. and helping each other is often very fun. Yeah. But the crime yeah. is never celebrated. Yes. And it's, it, I would say it's a very, and this is, I think, why it's on our romance-adjacent tableau because the relationships are really important. Yes. You know? Like, yes, it is a mystery novel, but the relationships are very important. And I think we'll see some more mystery writers who do this as well in, as this feature continues. In fact, quite a few. Um, but this is, this is one we wanted to start with just because the new book is coming out so soon and we want to be able to talk about it right away. So I do want to talk a little bit about the relationship between Charlotte and Ash. Okay. And Lay it on me. So they're childhood friends. Mm-hmm. He has subsequently married mm -hmm. and has two children yes. with a woman he throws an extravagant birthday party for every year. Lady Ingram, yes. She has remained single. Charlotte. Charlotte has remained single and has sort of decided that she wants to pursue an occupation and remain a spinster. Yeah. However, they are in frequent correspondence and it seems like it ebbs and flows over the years, but they've just never quite been able to shake each other. Yeah. And every sentence they speak to one another is so loaded. Yeah. With longing, with palpable tension. Like, you want to know why these two people are not together. Uh-huh. So badly. It's, it's so good, you guys. So good. You get insights to their past in this mm -hmm. one a little bit. You get some flashbacks to when they were kids mm -hmm. and, and why they meant so much to each other. And you also get to watch them interact in this sort of new dynamic once Charlotte's been ostracized. Uh -huh. And I don't think this is too much of a spoiler to say, like, Charlotte is clearly condemned by society. Right. And while Ingram is a very upstanding member of society who does not condone what she's done, he also is very aware of her mm -hmm. and does not cut off correspondence with her. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Which is, again, part of what's so good about this book. And it's part of why you see, oh, that's why 
they love each other, you know? And he's even, he's known she was exceptional and brilliant and confusing yeah. for his whole life. But I think you, even though you're never really from his perspective, you get the sense that watching her come into her own through this novel when she has sort of cut ties with her family mm-hmm. has given him a to- totally new appreciation for her. Yeah. Even though he never says anything like that. No. Sherry Thomas is so talented really that like, good. I really believe I understand how Ingram feels about her. <laughs> Even when I'm not in his head. Yeah. He just... And she's, like, not sure how she feels about him either. She's not sure how she feels about men. She's not sure how she feels about love. But she knows how he feels about her. And she's not opposed. Right. It's... It is the sexiest, fully clothed, talking on different sides of a room through letters that I have read in a long time. Through letters, yeah. 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 It's... It's really good. So, guys, you know, I, I, there's really nothing else to say except go out and read this book. Get ready for November because the fourth one is coming out. And each book just gets better. I will say the one piece of advice I would give anyone considering reading the series, do not read the book jackets for the subsequent ones. Yes. And do not listen to the subsequent episodes that we do yes. on the second and third books I agree. until you have read them. Yes. So you will be safe listening to our reviews Individually, if you've read everything previous in the yeah. series, but do not listen ahead because there's just going to be no way for us to avoid yeah. spoilers of the previous books. And we will, of course, preface the reviews of the next two with this information as well. But but see if you can get it from your local library ASAP because, like we said, one month issue a month so good, will be guys. on this series. And I will warn you in advance that the third review, Hollow of Fear, is likely just going to be us squealing into the microphone, just screaming the whole time. Yeah, yeah. like the, they're. We might not be comprehensible. It's. I, I, I will tell you that I read the book and like I finished it at I think eleven forty five at night and I immediately texted Lane like you are going to love this book get it right away. I loved it, dear so reader. So good, you guys. Spoiler, I oh loved it so much. So, um, you guys have something to look forward to in the next couple of months <laughs> and it's us raving about this series. So if you, as always, could rate, review, and subscribe, we would greatly appreciate it wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, thanks for tuning in and happy reading. Happy reading. <laughs>